This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribe. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching? With authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So who is this Jesus? In many ways, this is the central question that drives the narratives of all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each construct their Gospel accounts around this question. Who is Jesus? And they seek to answer it by bringing together the stories, teachings, events, and episodes that framed their respective experiences of Jesus and his impact upon their communities. Consider, for example, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, the four very different ways in which the evangelists describe the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, the very beginning of it. In John's Gospel, the very first act of Jesus' public ministry is his surprise visit to the wedding at Cana in Galilee, that beautiful story where Jesus ensures that the wedding banquet is saved from disaster by miraculously changing water into wine so that all the guests can celebrate the wedding into the evening. It is a classic Johannine story of scarcity being transformed into abundance as the result of Jesus' presence. What about Matthew? In Matthew's Gospel, the very first act that he tells of Jesus' public ministry is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preaches the Beatitudes, offering a new constitution for a new humanity. For Matthew, Jesus is the great teacher, the new Moses, who has come not to abolish, but to fulfill the law. What about Luke? Do you remember Luke? The first act Luke tells of Jesus' public ministry is his appearance in a synagogue at Nazareth, where Jesus preaches that he is the anointed one, foretold by Isaiah, who comes to bring good news to the poor, release to the captive, sight to the blind, and freedom to the oppressed. For Luke, Jesus is Savior, 
the Messiah who will invert the established order. Now, what about Mark? You just heard Mark. Notice how different his account is of the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. In Mark's gospel, Jesus' public ministry begins with a fight scene. Jesus is in the synagogue in Capernaum on the Sabbath, and he is beginning to proclaim the good news of the coming kingdom. And he does so, Mark tells us, with an authority, exousia is the Greek word, a power that astonishes his listeners. He speaks like someone who is in intimate relationship with God the Creator. But then the drama begins when, out of nowhere, there appears a man at the back of the synagogue with a, quote, unclean spirit. The unclean spirit within the man recognizes Jesus. Have you come to destroy us? The spirit asks. And in no uncertain terms, Jesus rebukes the demonic power that has overtaken the man and frees the man of the unclean spirit. Here then, right at the outside, outset of Mark's gospel, we have a dramatic encounter between God's Son and an agent of darkness. For Mark and his community, it seems, a core aspect of Christ's identity is that he is the Holy One of God who stands in solidarity with all who struggle against evil. And the theological upshot of the contest is clear. Jesus announces to the world that the kingdom of God is absolutely incompatible with the tyranny of enslaving demonic power. Now, I know that modern readers of the Gospels sometimes cringe with discomfort when we hear stories of Jesus exercising unclean spirits or demons. Many of us have been taught that such talk is the product of a superstitious age, of a bygone era when people failed to understand the science of mental disorder and believed instead in a magical world of evil spirits. And while there is some truth to that, with all respect, I think this modern prejudice of ours does not give the biblical authors enough credit. I fully accept neurophysiological descriptions of mental disease and the various therapies that we have developed to address these disorders, but I think these New Testament stories about demons and their capacity to possess the human soul have a far deeper theological significance than merely a primitive failure to understand brain science. In fact, I think this opening fight scene between Jesus and the demon in Mark's gospel has several important theological lessons to teach us. The first is that evil is real and that there are destructive powers at play in the world and within the human soul that are opposed to God's will. Too often, I'm afraid, we domesticate Jesus by saying that he is merely about love and compassion. Well, love may very well be at the core of Christ's identity. I do not doubt that for one second. 
But God's love is a bit more complex than sugar and spice and everything nice. It is indeed a love born of struggle and pain and endurance in the face of adversity, and yes, conflict with destructive elements within ourselves and within the world. By placing this story of exercising demons near the outset of his gospel, Mark is communicating to us loudly and clearly that while Christ's loving and redeeming work in the world will indeed win out in the end, this victory will involve a painful confrontation with humanity's dark side. This is, to put it bluntly, Mark's preview of what is to come in the journey to the cross. Now, Mark's community was perfectly comfortable with phrases like demons and unclean spirits and evil powers and principalities to describe the array of destructive forces that surround us, both personally and socially. To be sure, we have a different vocabulary. We talk of addictions, obsessions, and compulsions, depression and melancholy, human preoccupations with violence and domination, institutionalized patterns of racism, misogyny, and economic oppression. We like to think that we have a more sophisticated understanding of these debilitating and dehumanizing forces. But at the end of the day, they remain as seemingly intractable and destructive as ever, notwithstanding our enlightened capacity for describing them. Call them what you will, we still have our demons. But here is the good news of today's gospel. No matter what we call these demons, in every generation, Christ stands with us in naming, confronting, and ultimately overcoming these destructive ways of life. Even though it may require the pain of a convulsive exorcism to defeat all that enslaves us. Indeed, what I love about Mark is his brutal honesty. He, most starkly of all the evangelists, presents Jesus at once the Son of God who ultimately conquers death and evil and as a human being who struggles with the darker realities of abandonment, ridicule, and despair, even going so far at the end of the gospel to have Jesus on the cross crying out at the end, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This morning's story of exorcism at the beginning of Mark's account foreshadows both Christ's victory over all that is evil in the world as well as the painful journey that is the way of the Now, the second point I take from today's gospel is a slightly more subtle one. Notice that the unnamed man with the unclean spirit in today's lesson is not an outsider. This possessed man is someone who emerges quite unnoticed from within the community 
from within the temple itself on the holiest day of the week. The man who is possessed by the evil spirit is not some foreign outsider, some stranger, some interloper. He is one of us. This detail in the story points us to one of the most important and underappreciated aspects of Jesus' ministry. Namely, that when Jesus confronts evil or hypocrisy or faithlessness or other destructive patterns of human behavior, it is almost always from within the community. Whether it is the self-righteous Pharisees or the power-hungry and suspicious Sanhedrin, or the faithlessness of his own disciples on the way to the cross, Jesus is constantly pointing us to the power of evil and sin to corrupt from within. When confronting evil, he seems to be urging us to look first at ourselves, to the log that is within our own eye, rather than to demonize or scapegoat those who are outside of us. Conversely, Jesus' treatment of outsiders in the Gospels is almost always welcoming and charitable. He reaches out to those who are different, who are the other. In his encounters with strangers, more often than not, goodness and faithfulness emerge from these unlikeliest of sources, from prostitutes and tax collectors, lepers, thieves, Samaritans, Roman centurions. The list goes on. In Jesus' ministry, it is not the outsiders who are the problem. It is the insiders. In short, today's gospel lesson suggests that rather than blaming our problems on others, as we are wont to do, Jesus invites us first to look at the darkness within. And one of the beautifully transforming things about church is that this is a place where we can come every week to quietly and honestly examine ourselves, to look into the shadowy recesses of our lives, the dysfunctions within our own relationships and families, the brokenness of our own church, the disorder of our own political life. And then we can hold all of these things up to the clarifying light of Christ Jesus resting assured that his deepest desire and ultimate aim is to exercise all of the demons that corrupt the human soul, to eradicate all of the barriers that divide us, to restore human community, and to make new and beautiful once again the entirety of creation and all to the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.